Hey guys, Rajiv Nathan from Idea Lemon and the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast here. Before we dive into the final episode of 2015, which is about setting goals, let's talk about your goals for a second. What are you going to do in 2016 to make your goals happen? Check out www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com if you're serious about actually making some progress on your goals. That's the link to our Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, a 10-week online program designed to get you from, I have so many ideas, I don't know which one to choose, or I have an idea, I just don't know how to get started, to actually seeing your idea come to life. In this 10-week online course, we show you how to pick the right idea, find the right audience, brand it, and build it. And by the end of it, you are going to be on top of the world, my friend. So check out www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com for enrollment information. Enrollment is only open until December 30th, 2015. That is the final day of enrollment. Class begins on January 3rd. So for full details, once more, check out discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Get your master's in awesome and make 2016 your year. All right, on to the show. But there's not enough coconut oil in the world to make this thing feel or look good. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We done did it again. It is Idea Lemons. Discover your inner awesome podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I'm alongside Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the show where we have really cool conversations with really cool people. People like entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians. And we sit down with them and we have discussions around important life questions so that we can get answers and help us all figure out what the hell we're doing on a day-to-day basis. In this episode, we're with John Schnetgaki, a.k.a. Hardest Last Name to Say. John is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Pura Vida, 12 Must Answer Questions on Happiness, Habits, and Hustle for Mixed Up Millennials. Sounds like a great guest for the show, right? John actually had Martin and I both contribute to the book and answer two questions respectively that he puts in his 12 must-answer questions. So we were happy to have him on, especially when he came to us and said, hey, why don't we do a podcast and answer a 13th question? And we were like, well, why not? So that said, the question we discuss in this episode is on goal setting and specifically how do you set goals and how do you move closer to your goals? or accomplishing your goals, rather. With 2015 wrapping up, we couldn't think of a more perfect conversation for your earbuds. All right, here now is our conversation with John Schneckaki on goal setting. Let's listen in. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I can give you guys kind of the quick version of my story, which really isn't all that different, I think, from a lot of other people's story, particularly mid-20s, late-20s. Anybody who's in their 20s, I think, sort of goes through this period where something happens in their life, whether it be uh, a life change or some event that triggers this almost a greater perspective of, uh, for me, quite frankly, it was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um, But I sort of followed the traditional path, went to college, 
Uh, graduated summa cum laude with a 4.0, that whole deal. Um, got out of school, went straight into the workforce. Uh, and then, you know, every six months for the past four years, I was promoted. Um, and I had a lot of opportunity to do things like in the business world that I really felt like I had no business doing at age 22, 23, 24. I was working 60, 70 hour work weeks. I was traveling all over the country, giving presentations and meeting with different people in boardrooms. And I sort of just gave my life to work because that's what I, I was taught that you did once you graduated college. So I feel like a lot of people probably connect with that. And by no means do I feel like that's an original story. But um, where my story starts to get a little bit different from everyone else's is about a year ago, um, almost at this time a year ago, I was sitting in a co-working space in Dallas and I was working remotely. And uh, this co-working space was, was pretty new. So it had only been open for about a month or two. And I was really the only inhabitant of this co-working space. So it was much less of a co-working space and much more of just me sitting alone in 3,000 square feet yeah, of space. A working space. Yeah, exactly. Um, and So much every, room for activities. <laughs> you'd think, but there, there, are, there are not a lot of activities you can do when you're by yourself uh, that are fun. <laughs> so <laughs> I can think of one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't do that, but instead I sort of just sat on my computer every day and was like banging around and I, I found it. Sounds, like, sounds like you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you guys caught that one. <laughs> uh, so I kind of found that like there was nothing that I was doing that was like inherently exciting at all. Like I just had this moment of clarity where I, the past four years of my life just sort of flashed before my eyes and I'm sitting there in an empty space thinking like there's, there's got to be something better than this. Like how did my life get to this point? Um, and I had a, a couple of different personal circumstances, uh, family health, that type of stuff that was all swirling around at the same time. So there was just a lot of stress and I just really wasn't in a good spot. Uh, and so I made the decision to, to call up my boss at the time and kind of sat him down and just said, Hey, like this isn't working for me. And I am really, really, uh, I'm really in a bad place. And I think I need to just take some time off. Like I need to step away. I've got to get out of this thing for a while. And so uh, January 1st of last year, um, I quit my job and I got on a plane and went down to Costa Rica with my best friend. Um, and we went down with under 30 experiences, Matt and the gang over there, Courtney Slade, those folks, um, spent Shout about on the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> He's mentioned exactly. every single podcast. Every single podcast yeah. I think, I think every podcast I've been on Matt, Matt's name has come up. <laughs> um, so I guess that's good for Matt. <laughs> Social capital. <laughs> exactly. So we went down there and had a blast and we spent about a week down there and came back and I, within two days of being back, I was like, you know what? I need to go back down there, but I need to go back down there for, you know, six months. So I booked a flight by myself and went back down to Costa Rica and I was planning on spending like six months just backpacking around Central America. I'd planned to sail down to Colombia and just do all kinds of stuff, like finally do some stuff that I wanted to do. Um, and three days after getting down to Costa Rica, I fell off a motorcycle um, and it set off just sort of a chain reaction of a bunch of craptastic events over the course of, of two weeks. And ended up being forced to come back home for medical treatment and all that sort of stuff. So, like, I failed miserably at this trip. 
what was supposed to be six months turned into two weeks and I just sort of started asking myself all these questions like you know why me why now why is all this happening what am I supposed to do with my life like all these really big life questions that I hadn't thought of uh, an answer to at that point in my life and I just started writing uh, and earlier this year like all of the writing that I did down there turned into to a book so I published a book that you guys were a part of obviously um, it was really just all of about all of my travel stories and all the things that happened to me while I was down there sort of intertwined with some some personal development stuff and and me just kind of documenting my answers to those questions and six days after I put it out there on Amazon it became a bestseller in the journal writing category and since then like things have continued to change for me nothing but but positive things in my life I've made all sorts of introductions and had a chance to go on podcasts like this one and just sort of talk about uh, how I've sort of navigated my way through through a quarter life crisis, more or less. So, if nothing else, this year has really forced me to get crystal clear about my goals and then figure out how to actually accomplish those goals. Because going back to what I was doing before, before all this happened, is, is isn't an option at all. And I know that you guys have kind of experienced some of that too. With, with the podcast that you guys recorded about quitting was my I think my favorite podcast that I've ever listened to. So was that the one with uh, Heidi? No, that was the one with Jason. Yeah. Oh, with Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout Sorry. out to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I just decided like, there's no way in hell I'm going back to that lifestyle. So the book was sort of one, one check mark and I've got all kinds of other stuff planned. So I'm very much that person who is like right in the middle of, of getting all this stuff off the ground. I'm not somebody who is like uber successful and has, has done all these things and has the blueprint for how to get there, but I'm developing a blueprint that works for me and it's working really, really well. And so I'm excited to, to kind of meet other folks who are, who are right in the same process as I am. So this idea of um, talking to folks and figuring out how they go about accomplishing their goals is just really, really interesting to me. So that's sort of my story in my last year and I guess why we're having this conversation. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we harp on a lot in, uh, in the courses we teach and everything, which is find people in your peer group to kind of come up the chain with. Because a lot of times people will reach out to mentors, people have done it already, but the circumstances of you know technology, the internet connections and how things happen today is very different than it happened 20, 30 years ago. And so it's awesome that you're like finding these people and, and reaching out and using the book as a platform to do that. Were you writing prior to all of this stuff happening? Like did you journal daily or anything like that when it came to kind of self-reflection? Because I know I'm a big journaler um, and I know that we use these podcasts as a way to kind of go back and reflect on where we've been and how far we've come. So I'm just kind of curious, do you do that at all or did you prior to writing the book? You know what? I did not do that prior to writing the book. And I feel like as an author, I'm going to lose some credibility for saying that. <laughs> um, but it is something that I do on a daily basis uh, now, uh, like very religiously. Um, the interesting part about not doing it sooner is that for basically the entirety of my life, I've identified as a writer. Um, I love to write. I write in my free time. Um, really, any excuse that I could find to write, I would do it. Um, except for journaling. And that wasn't because I was opposed to it. It was really just because I didn't know about it. Um, I guess I had never really read anything or had any conversations with folks about the benefits of journaling or why it was so important. Um, writing to me was never a 
associated with journaling. It was always just associated with sitting down whenever you felt like you needed to get something, you know, off your chest. And so that's what I did. It wasn't until I started, and I guess until things started sort of spiraling out of control for me that I got really into personal development and started reading all the books I could get my hands on and listening to podcasts. And obviously you guys know the more, uh, the deeper you get into that world and the more books you read, uh, the more you hear about the importance of journaling and, and sort of the benefits that come from that. So I was kind of a late, uh, a late bloomer and didn't get to the journaling party until, until really late. Um, but I mean, once I started doing it, I mean, shit, it turned into a, a best-selling book for me. So it's been kind of hard not to, to keep up with the journaling after because I've seen uh, what it can do for, for me and helping me accomplish my goals. And I think just for purpose and peace of mind, it's, it's done wonders for me to just eliminate some of the, the stress of, of everyday life. Mm-hmm. That kind of, so some of the things you mentioned there remind me of the podcast we did with Adam Griffin in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the, I'm trying to remember the word Adam used, but the concept he brought up was that like, you don't actually, it's very hard to make a change unless you've hit like a, a low point. <laughs> I can't remember what phrase, you, what term he used. Hit bottom. No, he had a specific word for it though that was different, but but it was that idea that like like something as small as like biting your nails, you're not going to stop biting your nails until like your fingers start bleeding one day from biting mm-hmm. your nails. Or, you know, like John in your case, like whatever you consider like your bottoming out point to be, there's really no need to change until you feel like I mean there's there's probably a good reason to change, but until you feel like you've hit a personal bottom and until anyone feels like they've hit a personal bottom it's very tough to make change happen. Oh, absolutely. Like the one thing I tell people when I was sort of traveling all over the place, I spent the vast majority of every week on, on planes, it seemed like. And I used to actively avoid like sitting in the window seat because I didn't really ever want to look to see where I was going next because I knew I was just, I knew I was just going to another business meeting or someplace that, that I really didn't want to be. And it I, honestly, it had nothing to do with the job or what I was doing. I was just so physically, mentally, and emotionally burned out that I really wanted to be anywhere but in the sky looking down on wherever it was that I was going next. Um, and the other thing that I try and tell people, and it's, it's really hard to explain, because um, a lot of folks will say, like, well, if you were unhappy, why didn't you just stop doing what you were doing and do something else? Um, and if, if you've ever been in, um, in a situation or been so focused on one single thing, it's so easy to put the blinders on and you become almost just so in tune with what you're doing and what you're going after that nothing else even enters your brain space. And it seems sort of impossible to kind of, to say this and to think about it in this way, but for literally for, for four years, like all I did was work because I was going after the next promotion or whatever came with, with that promotion or someone would give me an opportunity to do something that would allow me to grow and learn. And so I'd go after that. And so for four years, like I, I didn't really entertain the thought of anything else other than how do I get to the next step on the ladder? Um, and so it wasn't until you know, I jumped off the hamster wheel that, uh, that I got down to Costa Rica the second time. And seriously, the first day that I got down there, I woke up in the jungle at like six in the morning to the sound of monkeys. Right. And was like, I don't like, I don't know what to do with my day today because I don't have anything on my, my Gmail calendar. Like that's how my life was lived. Monkeys didn't have typewriters with them. (laughs) (laughs) 
But it's it sounds so silly, but like I remember, just remember waking up and like just out of habit, I looked at my Gmail calendar and there was nothing there because I didn't have a job anymore. Yeah. I just sort of quit and came down there, and I was just I was for a moment I felt paralyzed. I was like, I don't know what to do because I don't need to be on a call at nine thirty this morning, or I'm not meeting with a client at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what am I supposed to do? Uh, so I, it's hard to it's hard to talk about that sort of stuff with people who haven't hit rock bottom. So I'm sure that whatever Adam said about about that moment is completely true because I I sort of just went through the motions for for four years until until I hit rock bottom and then it sort of shook up my entire world. Yeah, it's um it's a strangely it, it's simultaneously liberating and like imprisoning when you make <laughs> like a big decision like that, like to quit your job or like you know you whatever you decide you want to travel because this is generally how like let's, I don't know if it's called like the happiness curve or whatever you want to call it but it's like this happens both when you start a new job that you're excited about as well as when you like leave a job and you're like I'm going to do things on my own now you have the initial moment of excitement you are like then you like you crash and you're like holy shit what am I doing and then you come back and you level up or you, you level out rather to some middle point but it's never like as high as that original high of like oh my god like i'm doing this life-changing thing or like i just started this awesome job and then like two weeks in you're like oh wait but it's still a job and these are the responsibilities <laughs> that come with it yeah and oh it's not as exciting as it was two weeks ago what's wrong with me and then you're like well no wait this is how it works and you steadily climb back up to like you know if it's like a sign graph it's like you're at plus one minus one then you get to zero well and that's why we have goals in the first yeah. place like because <laughs> um, i think one of the things um with with all of these things that we're talking about you know we whether you hit bottom or not it's it's a matter of knowing what you're trying to get to next um and you know if you have the whole day ahead of you you can't distract yourself you know one of the things that i think most people do is they they don't give themselves the time and the space to think so they never actually set goals so they never actually have something to work toward which means that they just keep doing the same thing over again. And you said you kind of got into that that hamster wheel, right? Yeah. And I think that's why journaling and all these things are so important, being able to look back, because most of the time you'll just, you know, you'll get home from work, you'll complain about something, then you'll put on the TV, and it'll make you feel mildly better, just, just good enough to get through the night, and then the next day uh, you start over again. And then, you know, by, by 5 p.m. you want to go to happy hour because you're miserable <laughs> again. And then you get home and you've had a couple drinks and you've watched your favorite TV show and you feel just good enough to get to the next day. <laughs> and then you start the whole thing over again. And, and if you remove the TV or you remove the, the happy hour or you remove the distraction and you end up just sitting alone in a room with nothing but your thoughts and having to actually feel that emotion of, wow, I'm not happy. And then you can admit to yourself, I'm actually not happy in what I'm doing. Now you can start taking the next step of how to move toward whatever the goal may be. You have to actually set that goal and start moving toward it. And I think that's what you're saying with, with Costa Rica. It's like that finally gave you enough headspace to go, holy shit, I got to actually now do something here. Yeah, and and part of it too is just being in a different environment that's infinitely more cool or more exciting than anything that you've been doing prior to that. So just getting out of an office environment or out of where I was and going to Costa Rica and sort of just looking around and realizing like 
hey, there are other people like who are who are living here who are doing things that are infinitely more exciting than what I'm doing. And there's absolutely zero reason why I can't be doing what they're doing. And whether that's in Costa Rica or anywhere else in the world, um, for me, it was just an exposure thing. Like I just needed to get out. And like you said, I had the headspace to sort of think and at least put some some dedicated thought to like, what would this look like for me? Like if I really want this and I really want to make this happen, like what do I need to do in order to get there? Um, and just asking that question and setting sort of an umbrella goal for myself um, was was so powerful for me in getting closer to where I want to be. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I don't know, there's a lot of literature out there on goal setting and, and planning for, for what you want and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like I've sort of gone through each of those exercises and tried to, to do this, this goal setting the way that other people want you to do it. And I just found that like it, nothing worked for me until I sat down and like came up with my own system. Um, which is, I always tend to, to steer things toward like, how can I make this easier for myself? So, you know, when I sat down earlier this year and then on into 2016, like I just said, all I want to do next year is do exciting shit. Like that's my umbrella goal. And then I attach something to that to make it more real. So if I want to do exciting shit next year, like what is the payoff? And for me, that means that by January 1st of 2017, that I will be living a completely free and location independent lifestyle. In my head, that means, dude, you're going to be living on a beach somewhere. Um, but once I make that more tangible, then it sort of gives me something to shoot for. And then the last part of that is actually, well, how are you going to get there? Like, how am I going to be living on a beach by January 1st, 2017? And for me, that doesn't mean that I have to have everything figured out right now, but I want to have an, uh, enough information to know where I'm headed. So, for example, for me, that means that if I'm going to be living on a beach somewhere in a year, then I want to be able to do that and I want to be able to support myself writing, speaking, coaching, and traveling. And that's really as far as I went with that. Um, part of my planning process for next year will be trying to figure out how each of those things sort of manifest themselves. But I think when I sat down, I just said, how do I make this easy? How do I make it real? And then how do I make it happen? Are really the three tenets of, of how I set my, how I think about my goals. And I'm finding out that for me, it's like, it's so much more straightforward than trying to adopt somebody else's mentality or trying to make something fit where it doesn't. You know, you know, a part of this too is, um, so like Martin, what you said with, well, well, John, you were like you like went to Costa Rica. You had like the moment of like, well, what am I going to do now? Martin, you were saying like you got to actually make the time and remove the distractions. Where I think a lot of people, or a lot of you know the the bloggers and whatever the coaches and whatever who are out there, they treat this as if it's like it'll just hit you. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Like, no. you don't just sit down. You don't just take one night and you're like, okay, TV's off. Come on, inspiration. No whammies, no whammies. Stop. <laughs> it's, it really is. It's like, it's a practice. Like, you don't just take one day or one night and say, okay, tonight's the night. No distractions and I figure everything out. It's like, hell no. It's a process. It's a practice. And it comes to you over time. It's, it's like a muscle. Like you don't bench press, you know, however much the first time you try, but you build up to that point. And same thing with figuring out what do you want? What goals are you going to set? If you try and sit down in one session and be like, these are my goals. Like I've tried that before 
And you know what? I wrote some things down, and then like a week later, I was like, I don't fucking care about half of these things. Why would I write these <laughs> down? <laughs> but, and that's where you start to get like the if you want to be an architect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys do this, but uh, since I've started journaling, like I've tried to do that too, Raj, where I just turn everything off for a night and try to get serious about goals, and then we'll write some stuff down, and then like a week later, I'll flip back my journal and my notebook and like reread those things and just laugh to myself because like, I can't believe like how hilariously stupid some of the things that I wanted to do even as early as you know only a week ago sound now mm-hmm. so you almost have to like write the stupid out of your head sometimes uh, <laughs> in order to get to like a better place where things finally start making sense for you I know, like yesterday I wrote I was going to go for a run today and like pff, I woke up this morning and was like hell no <laughs> 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 Sorry, yesterday, Martin. <laughs> so I did the same thing on Saturday. I think I told you guys this. I was supposed to be down uh, at the yoga studio at like 8.30 in the morning for like yeah. a day full of yoga. And I woke up at like 9 and was just like, screw it, whatever. <laughs> it happens. So, yeah, we're not perfect. <laughs> well, I think a cool thing that you mentioned, which was like you went to Costa Rica. You realized you wanted to live on a beach. Now you're working toward living on that beach. Of course, you're going to get down into, like, why do you want to live on a beach? Like, why do you want location independence and all that stuff? Um, But I also think it's really interesting when you go on these adventures, right? You start to realize what you do and don't want to do, not by sitting around in your room imagining it, but by actually experiencing it and realizing, you know, know, that might be a nice thing, but is it for me? And so I went to Belize um, with under 30 and, <laughs> and, and living on a beach is like the farthest thing from what I'd want to have my life be. Um, uh-huh. And I think that's one of the key things. A lot of people, I think, start living other people's dreams. Um, whereas I actually had to sit down and be like, wait, I, I had an opportunity um, at when I was quitting my job in July to spend this whole year traveling the world. And we had a lot of conversations about it. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. But I had to sit down and say, why do I actually want to do this? Is it because this is my goal and my dream is to be someone who travels the world with this organization? And what it really came down to was I'm not really a big traveler. I, I, I like being in a single location, and I like having the resources around me and, and, and uh, sort of Really, my goal is to have, like, a really kick-ass workshop that has, like, all the resources and all the tools that I need to do what I want to do creatively. And I can't have that necessarily on a beach. And so it is about kind of understanding that what your goals are um, might not be what other people's are. And then also testing those. So, like, by going to Belize, I tested that idea. Would I want to live in an environment like this? And the answer ended up being, for me, no. And I think it's different for everyone. And so I think that's a really key thing is get out of the dream stage of wishing, oh, I wish I could live on a beach or I wish I could go do this and actually go do it and see if it is something you want. For you, it ended up being something you wanted. For me, it didn't. But neither of us would know that for sure if we didn't go on the trip and figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even me personally, I have a tendency to to rush into things and act a little bit impulsively. So, you know, at the point in my life where I was, which which was kind of down and out, like everybody's life seemed to be a lot cooler than mine. And so I felt like I was grasping for straws. I was like, oh, you're doing this. I want to do that. Oh, you're doing that. Let me do that, too. Mm-hmm. And just started grabbing for everything. And um, the more I talked to people and, and the more I sort of just listened. So like podcasts and stuff, for example, like the podcast that you guys 
did with with Courtney with Courtney Slade over at Under Thirty Experiences. Like, there's there's sometimes where you you look at like that lifestyle, and I I even remember I was like, oh my god, I want that. I want to do that so bad. And then the more I've gotten to know Courtney and talk to her and got to hear some of the things that 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 go on behind the scenes and the traveling and all that sort of stuff, it's like, well, that's cool, but like I don't think I could handle that. So I think you guys are exactly right and that can be applied to travel it can be applied to to writing it can be applied to podcasting whatever it is that you want to do um like i think you absolutely have to figure out like what what actually like where do you get your creative energy um because that's going to determine like a lot of how you live your life and what environment is most conducive to allowing that creative energy to flow regularly and then allow it to manifest itself in in whatever form that's going to take rather than trying to figure out like how do you become more creative on somebody else's terms. Well, and to get to that point too, I think so you mentioned like that you were grasping for straws. One of the things I think we often make mistakes with is so like from experience now and I still am, I guess I'm pretty bad at setting concrete goals. I instead like to just have like themes or focuses. Mm-hmm. But whatever you want to call it, goal, theme, focus. When I've been in a low place personally is usually when the theme or the focus I thought I wanted to have is ultimately false. And it's not until I'm back to like a steady state that I'm like, yeah, this is what I actually want. Like beginning of the year, I thought I was like, I got to move to either Austin or Portland. Um, Mm -hmm. And really, I was just personally in a low place because I wasn't over my ex-girlfriend at that time. And I was, like, deathly afraid I was going to run into her in Chicago and like, <laughs> not know what to do if I saw her kind of thing. Oh, uh, hi. <laughs> no, just That's a weird like, fear, man. <laughs> just be like, I'd see her. i just run in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> just drop everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, I think when we – if you're not in a – if you don't have a clear head, that's when you start to set – these goals or have these ideas that aren't actually in tune with what you act, what you really want or who you actually are. And you've got, it's almost like you got to first figure out or just get to the point of like, how do I get back to my balanced state? And then I can set something concrete from there. And I think the way you, I think the way you get there. And I think the way I got there was just focus instead on like, what are the feelings I want to have more of? Mm-hmm. what are the things I can be doing to get more of those feelings? So like in your case, it was like do exciting shit, right? Um, my case, and we had emailed about this a few days ago. In my case, like for me this year, it's like I want to make myself necessary to people. What does that mean? Meaning like I don't want, like if I were not around, it would be almost like a detriment and a, a great loss for a good amount of people. And that's what fueled just putting out a shit ton of content for IDLM this year forming stronger relationships with certain friends, um, finding different creative outlets. So like the podcast kicked into gear, performing concerts as a rapper, all that stuff. And sometime around like late, I'd say middle or late spring, so probably like April or May, is when I think the the picture became a lot clearer and it's like, here's what I want to build towards. Um, I think that's... Uh, let me think. I'm trying to think of the timeline of this whole thing, but uh, that's when I think Martin, we started having more serious conversations about like you doing IDLM in full time mm-hmm. and us, you know, putting a lot of time and effort into this um, and building something formidable with it instead of it being a on the side thing like it had been for a few years. But that doesn't happen 
you know, like, like, cause remember the beginning of the year, my initial mind frame was or mindset was I want to get another job and I want to live in another city. Mm-hmm. And if I make that decision out of being in like a low place personally, like, I'd probably be in Portland or Austin right now. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be having fun, but I'd be like, man, I miss Chicago and I'm not still not doing what I want to do. Yeah. And I'd be in <laughs> Turkey right now or something. <laughs> But I think that is pretty key because, like, when you are making decisions based off of what, you know, excitement or being necessary. And for me, it's it's being more creative because that was something I've been kind of almost ignoring for years and years uh, in pursuit of, like, um, professional goals. Right. And realizing that these things all play together. And so, you know, if you're cre- if, if you're feeling more creative or you're feeling inspired or you're feeling um uh, excited that that's that's a really great indicator that you're working toward the correct goals but it also I think it's really key to understand that the process of things is always much more hard like you can get really excited about the outcome but getting to that outcome is going to be it's going to have highs and lows and I think a lot of people get stuck because they're like well I'm really passionate about I don't know painting or something right and then they're like, well, yesterday I just didn't feel like painting. So I guess I'm not passionate about painting anymore. What's the next thing? And it's like, well, and, and this goes back to, you know, I, I know you quoted D. Piazza for like, do I want to be doing exciting shit or something like that. And another thing he said is like, passion comes from being good at something, not from yeah. wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, if you're not good at it, of course, you're not going to be passionate about it because you're going to suck every time you sit down to do it and you're going to end up giving up if you constantly suck and so i think if you feel excited while doing something you then have to go figure out a way to get your skills up to a level that you can continue feeling excited about it and so one of the things that i'm focused on right now is like i want to be better at writing i want to be better at drawing what are writing prompts that i can give myself to keep myself going on the days that it's hard what are what is a uh you know, drawing class that I can take uh, that will help me with my art and give me some structure so that I'm not just sitting down every day with a blank page kicking myself in the head. And like, for for instance, one was comedy. I, I want to learn more about comedy. I just tried stand-up comedy for the first time a few weeks ago, and I've signed up for Improv Olympic because I know for a fact that if I just keep getting up there and sucking by myself without any guidance or any reinforcement from other people who are doing the same thing, then I'm going to eventually trail off and never want to do it again because it's really hard. And so I've actually called up, you know, the four people I know that have done stand-up in their life, and we have a phone call on Wednesday. And, like, you know, building a support group around these things and building structure around these things helps you actually continue to chase that exciting moment because excitement only lasts for a brief moment before you have to get back to work. Well, and on top of that... um you quickly find out too. So part of this is you have to just do it and find out if you suck at it or not. <laughs> and in reality, most people suck at a lot of things. Like we're not excused from that. We <laughs> suck at a lot of things. But you, where you where you say like, you know, if you suck at it, you're not going to want to keep doing it. But then you also find what are the things that you suck at, but you're like, but I, I do want to get better. I still want to do yeah. it, yeah. And then you build structure. So if like if stand-up's not your avenue, because, I mean, from what you told me, I think it actually went pretty well. Yeah, no, I mean, but that the thing is, I still want to do it. Yeah, but I need I need other people around sure. me doing it. Otherwise, if it's it's the same with anything. If it's just you every day by yourself, you're gonna get 
stuck at some point. Mm-hmm. You just end up banging around on a computer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You end, up, you end up on a certain hub. You need a partner eventually. <laughs> Not when Fallout we should, 4 comes we should out. Look. <laughs> yeah, we need to look and see if a certain hub.com is taken as a domain. Dot <laughs> <laughs> web. Dot <laughs> ly. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, (laughs) How do we get back? We all just we all just went off on separate trains of thought of how to make that a real business idea. (laughs) We did. I think it's got profitability written all over it too. Speaking of subscription model, (laughs) bring it back. Um, You can practice all you want at your computer, unless you get a partner, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, to bring it back now to the the, the sucking mentality. Wow. Oh God. <laughs> the the not being good at things mentality. Um, it's okay to be shitty. Yeah, but you don't know. And this is something that I think we probably harp on every episode because it's that important. Is that you have to put a foot out there. You have to put yourself out there to get this beyond these are the thoughts in my head to like this is what I've actually tried because until you've tried then you're like alright well this is what I want to go for or you're like you know, you know what I tried that I really didn't enjoy it and I have no interest in getting better at it it's off the table me and rock climbing <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. me and rock climbing exactly. I'm like I just you know started picking it up a little bit recently or bouldering anyway and I like I'm like no like this is pretty interesting and I want to keep doing this yeah I mean, here's something I did, which I found incredibly helpful, um, particularly like as I was starting out and I was getting crystal clear about my goals. And I said, you know, I want to be living on a beach by January 1st, 2017. Um, at the time, right, there are all these people out there on the interwebs who are, who are already there, who are already doing this much better than I could or have the skills that I need to learn in order to be able to accomplish my goal. And so, you know, I was the guy that was like, subscribing to everybody's email newsletter. I was reading books by different people. I was listening to podcasts by different people. And on any given day, I'd open up my inbox and it just seemed like like I had an email newsletter from everybody. Like, and I was reading everything that everybody had to say. But inevitably, like I didn't get anywhere because I was just spinning my wheels because there was so much noise coming in from all directions. And I, I sort of figured out that there were this small group of folks that were already in my immediate network um, my mentors, if you will, that, that I, I already know them. They're already doing the things that I want to be doing. And for the most part, like I trust their, I trust them as people and I trust their products and processes more than I do a lot of others. So I just got really, really intentional and serious about kind of defining my squad, if you will. So like, and you guys don't even know this, but I have like five people in my little network that I religiously go to if I need a certain type of thing. So shout out to Matt again, Matt Wilson at <laughs> under 30. Um, like I use Matt for mindfulness and like maintaining peak performance, anything that has to do with like staying healthy and just uh, kind of staying at peak performance. I'll go to Matt for those things. Uh, Jason Bay over Gen Y Success. I listen to Jason for like all things building an online business or launching a podcast because I'm in the process of, of launching my own podcast now. Um, Sean Ogle over at Location 180. Uh, Sean's the guy I go to if I need to know like the ins and outs of running a, a, a truly location independent business. And then you guys, like you guys are a part of my squad and you don't even know it, but 
I, I keep an eye on you guys and I go to you guys um, in order to, to help me like cultivate my own personal brand. And then eventually as I get more into speaking, that's something I want to do. I know that you guys have, have done a lot of that, so I'd love to go to you guys for help like that. So it's, that's gone a long way in and of itself of just eliminating noise and helping me be a lot more actionable with what I do on a daily basis because I'm eliminating a lot of the theory that's coming in and instead I'm taking a little bit of theory and then forcing myself to, to pump out action to get where I want to go. Yeah. You're also surrounding yourself with people who are also taking action. Like people who are creating content are, you know, the people who are keeping themselves and others accountable. So if you're following people who already are practicing action instead of theory, like both you yourself as well as all the people you're surrounding yourself with are all action oriented. Yeah, and the other thing that does too is like if you tell people what you're doing, like you have to do it, otherwise you risk looking like an idiot. Mm -hmm. So like that set in for me when I went to write this book, like, you know, and I emailed you guys and you know, I think twenty other people to help me write this book. I was looking for contributors and I hadn't written a, a word. Like I hadn't even written a sentence. And I sent these emails off kind of like scared shitless, thinking that folks would, would say no or that some folks would say yes and then I'd actually have to write it. And basically what happened is like almost 100% of the people that I asked said yes. Uh, and so I was just sitting there one day as emails were flooding in my inbox, and I was like, oh, shit, now I have to really write this book. Uh, <laughs> but it's a so, lot easier when you have, I don't want to say it's written for you, but you have the ideas down from like other people have already been like, this is what I'm thinking about it. And you're like, all right, well, now I can I have something to work with here. Yeah, it became it became infinitely easier like once I got to a point where I was comfortable with the fact that I was about to write a book and you know, I really had no choice too because if I wanted to go after this goal of living on a beach by 2017, like I knew that the book was just a first step. So, if I couldn't execute on the book, if I couldn't uh tell people that I was going to do something and then do it, in most instances, the very people that I was going to need to help me get where I wanted to go, like if I couldn't make shit happen, I couldn't deliver, then there was zero chance that any of those people were going to help me take the next step. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like the ultimate motivational tool because I was just scared out of my mind that I was going to immediately alienate the people that I needed most in order to get where I was going to go. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm sitting on the other side of the book, like the opposite has happened. I think this conversation is proof of that. So I'm, I'm getting a chance to, to learn from folks that were contributors to my book and I'm getting a chance to continue to do the things that are going to help me get to where I want to go. And now I have a supporting cast of people who are generous with their time and kind of helping me figure things out along the way. So it's been just a, a hell of a ride and uh, worth all of the uh, the fear that was initially, you know, in my mind. <laughs> so a couple things there. One, uh, and talking about like the squad and everything, what's really important in what you've said is asking for help. I think that's a huge fear a lot of people have. I think we even talked about this on, I think it was with Adrian Gronzella from The Muse. I still have a fear of it. Yeah. and <laughs> Yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, Martin, what, what, and it, conversely, like, I'll bother anyone no matter mm -hmm. what. Like, to, to, <laughs> I bother you and you go bother other people. It's wonderful. But, like, so this idea of being, is it not knowing what to ask for? Like, what what's the... 
Uh, so for me, it's wanting to figure everything out myself. I have a. Uh, it, we've talked about this in the past, where I I just grew up with a family and a mindset of just don't bother people. Yeah. Um. Like, we just don't bother people. Like, just leave people alone. Do your own thing. Work really hard. Figure it out yourself. Um. And one of the things I think is really important, which I'm battling right now, I have a lot of goals. I want to be, you know, more fit, eat more healthy, all these other things. And then I have my creative goals, and I have. My, my business goals with Ideal Lemon, and I could sit down and drive myself crazy trying to research everything about fitness and create my own fitness plan and research everything about health and create my own health plan and research everything about our business and create our own business plan. And I could do all these things. I could. But I realized while I was journaling the other day, I'm like, if you really actually want to get fit this year, you just need to pay someone else. <laughs> like, you just need to pay someone else. Take it and don't question it and just do it and it'll work. Like, if you just remove your questioning and your doubt and you just allow someone else, like, I'm not ever going to get myself as fit as a, as a personal trainer would get me fit. So I just need to hire a personal trainer and do whatever that personal trainer tells me to do, and it'll work. And so that's the thing when it comes to reaching out for help that I'm kind of battling, which is not everything has to be a DIY in my life. I can just relinquish control to someone else in certain cases. That's a good point. Um, I think so to so okay, so we've acknowledged now asking for help is a huge component of this, which it's scary, but it's a it's a necessary step. And it once you do actually ask someone for help, you find people are generally willing, you know, sometimes people can't or won't, but generally people are willing to help out. The other thing, John, you had mentioned was your goal is like your main goal right now is January first, twenty seventeen, is be on a, is have a location independent business on a beach, right? Absolutely. So, what I want to know is why is that important to you? Of all the goals you could have set, why is that the one? It's a great question. Um, I think the easy answer for me is because if I take a look at like my life and what I value the most in my life. The answer is always flexibility, um, and that manifests itself in several different ways. That could mean I don't like getting up at 8 a.m. to be in the office by 9 because I have to. Uh, I would rather be freelancing or I would rather construct, be able to construct my day as I see fit. Uh, that could mean that down the road, uh, if and when I want to start a family, that I'd like to have the, ind- the independence to be able to go do that wherever I want to and not be tied to a job. Uh, that means all kinds of different things for me, but I find that when I don't have um, sort of uh, guardrails that I'm operating in between, when I'm free to choose where I want to go and what I want to do, uh, I'm, a, I'm the best version of myself when I'm sort of operating out in the open without any, uh, anybody holding me back. So I've sort of tried that opposite end of the spectrum, and that's how I was raised, was very much like play things, buy the book, stay within the box, respect authority, all that sort of stuff. And I was good there too, but I came to find out that that just wasn't, I wasn't the best version of myself when I was doing that. So once I got out of the box and started operating kind of rogue, um, I realized that I was just much happier um, individually and I felt like I was able to give much more of myself to other people. Um, so no matter how I, I've lived my life to this point, what I've found is that 
when I am truly flexible, I feel like I'm the best version of myself. And so because I know that, that sort of ladders up to my goal to be living a location-independent lifestyle. And the beach thing is just nice because, well, shit, it's a beach. So uh, that's just somewhere I want to be. All right. We have to get to – I think we're running up on our end time here. But that's a great um, – I'm glad that you shared that and it kind of explained more of it because I hope now it will hold you even more accountable uh, <laughs> to, it, to getting there. And it also shows other people it's not necessarily – the beach. The beach is a nice add-on. It's the lifestyle that you're trying to get to, mm-hmm. um, and that lifestyle can be lived out, you know, anywhere in the world. You're just choosing a beach because that's your preferred location. Whereas you could still obtain that lifestyle and then, you know, get to that point and be like, "Wait a second, my priorities have changed. I want to live I'm in Missoula, else. Montana." Damn straight, go Missoula. Uh, why? Well, we, we spent the night in Missoula. On our oh trip. yeah, <laughs> it's a sweet spot. It's a cool place. <laughs> Well, if yeah. the beach thing if the beach thing doesn't work out, then I'll probably hit you guys up uh, for some info on Missoula. Yeah, it's Dance a sweet right? place. Yeah. Driggs, Idaho is also a cool spot too. Uh, all right, they have good tacos. So, um, <laughs> before we wrap up, uh, John, where I mean, we talked a little bit about the book, but uh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, where can they find the book? And can you just give a quick synopsis of it and anything else that you're working on that you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can go to Amazon and just search for the book Pura Vida, A Thinker's Guide to Living. Um, it's within the journal writing category. You guys will find it pretty easily. You can follow me on Twitter at Schnett Happens. That's S-C-H-N-E-T-T Happens, at Schnett Happens. Um, and then I've got some other projects in the works right now, uh, namely a travel-inspired podcast that I'm looking to get off the ground before the first of the year. Um, On January 1st of next year, on 2016, I'm going to be heading back down to Costa Rica for three and a half weeks to do some backpacking and sort of a redemption trip from this last time. Um, So if you would like more information about that podcast or you want to be a part of of what I'm doing on that one, you can email me at john at epictravelstories.com. Um, I'm doing a lot of outreach right now and trying to tell folks about what I'm doing. So please don't hesitate to get in touch. Again, that's john at epictravelstories.com. Right on. And so everyone listening, to, well, I'll say this in the show intro anyways, but it's the most funky spelled last name, but it's, <laughs> wait, let me see if I get this right. It's John Schnettgoki. Oh my God, you almost had it. It's Schnettgecki. Ah, <laughs> damn. All right. So it's like a gecko. <laughs> yeah, and I'll leave you with this one too. This is kind of interesting. So I tell everybody this. So the, my last name actually means pickle slicer in German. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I live John with that. Pickle in my life. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so if I didn't have any credibility before this, I definitely don't. Yeah, not. for sure. He's the pickle man now. <laughs> He's, his middle name's Dill. <laughs> All right. So our German name is Kunstler, the artist. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mc- Not Mc- Mc- well, McGovern, but the German side of my family is Kunstler. Oh okay. Kunst. Oh. Anyway, moving on. All right. So <laughs> to close out the show, we will uh, go one by one. Our topic for this episode is how do you get closer to your goals? We'll start with Martin. We'll close with you, John. And why don't we do it this way? Let's each express a goal that we individually have and how we can individually get closer to that goal. All right, so one of the goals that I want currently is uh, to be a writer. Um, and so, the well, actually, I'm, I'm going to go with comedy. So the comedy goal that I set a while back on one of these podcasts 
Uh, the way I'm getting there is by doing it, getting in front of crowds, and also organizing my friends who are interested in it as well, and doing research on my own, meaning reading books and, and, and formulas and things like that. And I also have another goal of getting into shape this year, and the way I'm going to do that is to pay someone else. All right. My goal, can I say two? I just did, so. Okay. Uh, Business-wise. So no. <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough time for that. Uh, Business-wise, uh, I think I've expressed this to you before. I don't think I've expressed this publicly, but by the end of next year, so 2016. Well, it's all of idea line. <laughs> <laughs> I just want one slice of it. I never told you this. <laughs> by the end of 2016, I want to. I want our business to do 240K in revenue. The way to get there is while we are focusing heavily on our online product right now, I'm also constantly working on the consulting side of things and finding where are large value contracts that we can bring in and where how can we best position the service that we provide of essentially branding and content management to get the best dollar opportunities in return. Uh, personal slash great plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, personal slash like I guess other business goal would be um, so next summer. So summer of 2016, I'm doing yoga teacher training, and um, I want to just be like a badass yoga teacher. And my beyond just doing the formal training, what I plan to do is in a way like crowdfund my cost of the training. So what I'm going to do is essentially offer up, because I know a, like a, a decent amount right now, is start asking people if they will pay like 10 bucks for me to teach, like I'll get like a room of say 10 people together, one hour class, and I'll put that 100 bucks then towards my the cost of my yoga teacher training. So basically I'm getting started way before the formal education begins. Cool. Right on. Uh, Raj, you know that I'm doing some of that right now, but not in as cool as you are apparently planning to do that. So I feel like now <laughs> I need to level up my yoga teacher training. Another reason uh, to surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll, I guess I we'll, might. Wait, what we'll do is uh, we'll do video calls, but they'll, we'll have to be in down dog while <laughs> talking to each other. Handstands, man. <laughs> Hour long podcast handstands. <laughs> All right. I sorry. We, I, I think if we video that and throw that on Kickstarter, there's no way we, we don't raise enough money. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, all right. So Sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No worries. I guess so my two, um, next year in 2016, I want to write another book. Um, and so as soon as my podcast is up and running and I've got that to a good place, I am, again, recommitting myself to uh, a thousand words a day. Uh, I wrote my last book in 45 days. It took me 45 days to write it. Uh, have it edited and then published and live on Amazon. So I'm going to try and see if I can write the second book in under a month, so in under 30 days. So that's on the to-do list for next year. And then I also want to speak at TEDx next year uh, before uh, before 2017. So I am actively in talks with a couple of people who have done that already to pick their brains about um, – how I can best position myself to to speak at TEDx. I know that both of you guys have done that, so this is your warning that you're going to be here Martin, for Martin. me again. Uh, or yeah, so <laughs> you're. I, <laughs> Martin's not cool enough to be in the TEDx club. Well, like, Martin, if, if you'd like to sit in on that call, you're more than happy. But, <laughs> All right, <laughs> Raj, this is your warning that I will be. I'll All be right, getting fair. <laughs> yeah. Right <on. laughs> well, now I'm prepared. 
But you see what happens when you start like vocalizing things? People are like, that's cool. How can I help? Absolutely. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right. Well, John Schnettgecki, thank you. Nailed it. Thank you, my friend, for joining us on our podcast. I had a blast, guys. Boom, boom, boom. We will all talk to you very soon, I'm sure, about TEDx and other things. Absolutely. Take care. See you, dudes. That was our conversation with John Schnettgecki. John, thank you for joining us and shedding some positive light and helpful tips on what is surely the second most terrifying word in the English language after gonorrhea, goals. If you guys want to find John, check out the show notes for how to hit him up via email, as well as grab his book on Amazon. It's only 99 cents. It's an e-read. You can plow through it in probably one reading session, and it will probably be the best 99 cents you will spend today. Did you like this episode? If so, the best compliment you can give us is leaving a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast listening platform that helps us know what we're doing well and what you like to hear and it also helps more people find the show and therefore discover their inner awesome check the show notes for full references and show credits shout out again to john schnackecki for joining us on this episode for martin mcgovern i am rajiv nathan Let's all raise a glass and ring in 2016 with our glass in the air. Let's toast to making our goals happen in 2016. This has been the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. Until next time in 2016, we'll see ya. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Yeah, get free, get free, get free, now. You can't tell me it's wrong. When I'm trying to be free as this song.